great future. We're talking real money. Hello again. Welcome to our little get-together we call Talking Real Money because, well, oddly enough, we talk about money realistically. We take it very seriously. No joking around here. None of that stuff. Now I know you are got to be kidding. Okay. Hey, the I'm no being very serious now. Thing. Okay. Right. We don't want people to think this is a laughing matter. This is their futures we're talking about. Tom, I need you to take it more seriously than you do. Okay. And there's another serious topic. But before I get to that, yes, I want to give you a phone number to call. Ah. It's 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And we want to start the the uh, the, the podcast, the hour of radio, whatever, wherever you're listening to this. We want to start it off on a very somber, serious, somewhat depressing note. The topic they, for just a moment. We're going to talk about your career? No, it's next. For just a moment. That's too depressing. For just a moment. Yes. Okay. For just a yeah. moment. All right. We're going to talk about debt. Not death. No debt. D-E-B-T. Okay. A four-letter word that strikes fear into the hearts of millions. Well, and it's caused many of you to do the right thing and pay off i mean americans have paid off remarkably 83 billion excuse me dollars what in credit card debt in 2020 there's good news about debt there is good news i mean that oh, truly is good news and credit card balances have dropped by 49 billion in the first quarter i mean that is terrific because most of that money you're paying is a lot of interest you're handing that money to others and but here's here's where the struggle starts People oh. have a tendency to think they should pay off everything. Just pay it off. I got the money. I got the stimulus money, the forbearance or whatever, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I'll take all that money and pay off my mortgage. That, most of the time, is a bad mistake, unless you're paying a very high interest rate, which you shouldn't. I mean, if this is the 1980s and you're paying 12.9% average mortgage, which I just happened to see that number today, 129 <laughs> Well, you, you should have refinanced a long wow. time ago. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm hoping we did you talk did. to somebody. Well, I just talked to somebody the other day who's paying seven I on said, a mortgage. Really? Yeah, that's a really a no-brainer. That's pretty easy to fix. Wow. So, but here's the here's the here's where I think the line should be drawn: five percent. If you're paying more than five on any debt, yeah, that makes sense to pay it down. Less than that, then you start getting into a gray area because think it through. If you're if it's saving the money investing the money, you probably can make more than 5% a year, generally. Number two, when the money's invested or saved, you can go get it. When you pay off your mortgage and you're retired, you have a harder time getting it. Yeah, you could do a reverse mortgage. And gosh, I know they're better than they were 15 years ago, but they're still kind of spendy. And they people are still scared to death of the product. They think they're giving away their well, and, and, earnings and, you know, the There are and, some fair reasons for still being skeptical of the products they yeah. aren't cheap there are a lot of middle people making a lot of money along the way and so you're probably better off having a substantial amount of money liquid as opposed to tied up in your house and then by the way here's another ant uh, question on the liquidity it's about 19 trillion dollars that people have in savings accounts or bank accounts that are paying really nothing so i think we had a call recently where somebody said well should I break up my savings a little bit into maybe a high yield savings account and a short term bond fund? Sure. 
Again, I don't believe you should have a lot of money sitting around in cash in bank accounts because it's just not making, it's not pulling its weight. It's not doing anything for you. But back to the debt just for a moment. I think it's absolutely great that people have paid off credit card bills. It's terrific that uh, credit card balances are $50 billion less. And the banks hate it, of course. But look carefully if you really decide you've got to pay off that mortgage that's a mistake most of the time when it comes to your financial future. It might not be for your emotional future because you might feel great. Well, now it's all over and done. I got it paid off. But remember, you can't get that money should you need it in retirement to pay the light bill in the house you've paid off. And, and that's, Don, a problem I do see for people oftentimes. They don't have the, the liquidity they need. And, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, I got got that the the cold just lingers. Just the tickle, little bits it of it. Really, it's still in there, isn't it? Yeah. Last week you sounded. In. I got to be honest with you. You sounded bad. Yeah, you sounded yeah, a lot yeah. Better. I'm better today. Sorry. I'm better today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You've got to manage debt like you do everything else. There is no hard and fast answer. You don't. Not all debt is bad, Dave Ramsey. A lot of debt is terrible. Yes, I agree. There's a balance, and you have to learn to balance your financial life. 855-935-TALK is our number. Don and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. <laughs> Welcome back. 855-935-TALK is our number. What are you laughing about? I am laughing because our caller has been more patient than waiting for the premium from U.S. small cap value. I mean, it's taken forever. gotten paid a lot for waiting for that premium the last 10 years. Kind of, that's kind of how oh, I feel. You that's and your obscure baseball, reference. Yeah, that's very, that is that very is obscure. obscure. She and has just, been just for very that, kind Just for wait. that, we're going to just, yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to mute Tom <laughs> right and in. we're just going to talk to you, Chris. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Yeah, he's right. I've been waiting a half an hour. You're good. Thank you. <laughs> I want I want some information on capital gains. I um, was quick claimed my parents' house after they passed away, and there's never been an appraisal on the house. I'm living in it, and I want to consider selling it, but I'm concerned about uh, how bad I'm going to get hit with capital gains. Hmm. So you've been living there. You, it was quick claim to you when? Um, 1995. Ugh, that's a long time for mm. a lot of growth. Mm. Uh, mm. Hmm. And what was the cost basis when you quick claimed it? She doesn't know, I bet. You're right. You know I what it was know. worth? Yeah, I didn't think it would. That's not one of those things that most people are going to know. Uh, wowzers. Uh, well, that has to be established somehow. <laughs> right. So you got to establish a cost basis. You're going to have to go have back to and that. reestablish that somehow. You can do it by looking at comparable real estate prices yep. at the time. The IRS actually accepts a researched capital or, or a, uh, a cost, cost basis. basis. Yep. Because this has been your primary residence, it is your primary residence, correct? Yes. What would you estimate? its market value to be today? 900000 My guess, have you put any substantial improvements into the property over the past 20 years, 25 years? Um, it's 
we put double pane windows in it and in a roof and um yeah the roof probably won't count uh, double panes might but not you nope. oh boy i don't know what real estate prices were like in 1995 at least a double at least a double in if it's just years, a double more. if it's just then, a double you are not going to have a capital gains tax owed. You got five hundred thousand. Is that what it 500, is? Five hundred thousand. Primary residence. Well, so wait. You are you that? married or single? I am single. Two hundred and fifty. Oh, yeah. You get to so you get to you get to scratch off two hundred fifty thousand dollars of the gain. So let's just say for sake of argument that the cost basis is half a million. And it's gone to nine hundred. So it's nine hundred minus the five hundred. That's four hundred thousand in gain. You get to erase two fifty of that right off the top. So then you would pay the gain on the remaining balance. Here's what I would do, and you're going to have to do this because of the complexity of this, and because of the fact we're talking a lot of money potentially. If you do plan <laughs> to sell the house, I would find a tax slash real estate attorney, someone who has has their feet in both. Yeah both buckets so that they can help you establish that real estate cost basis and properly guide you through the the, the tax loopholes that exist because there are some things that you can add to that cost basis and everything you can add to that cost basis reduces dramatically the amount of money the, the check you have to write to the irs so, and if I could make another suggestion on top of that, Chris, I would do that this year because, as you may know, the great state of Washington has a 7% capital gains tax coming into play next year. Now, they're allowing a $250,000 exemption as well, but you'd still have to pay a 7% on the difference there between the the, the ad that putting the two, taking the 250 out, the difference between the 900 and uh, the, I, lost track of the numbers but you, you have so got to have an attorney number. you got yep. to got to got to got to got to have a uh, a good tax real estate attorney to make this thing as painless as possible you're going to it's write, enough money to you're make gonna write it. a check yep. to the irs i'd bet for a little something you want to make it as small as possible and an investment in an attorney at this it, there are times when they're a necessary evil my apologies <laughs> to your brother uh others <laughs> yeah but i would absolutely do that absolutely thanks okay. for the call thank you guys good luck chris thanks for waiting yeah. 855-935-TALK that's our phone number bill you're next welcome to the program hi thank you very much um i just started a we just started a roth ira for my wife and she is 33 i just want to get some suggestions for some mutual funds to invest in, and we're already in the. Uh, oh, sorry, I should have already had this. Um, anyway, that's what that's we're all looking right. For is uh, a couple, two, three mutual funds to invest in, and I think I'm already in the. What is it? VT well, tell us the amount. How much is it? Uh, what was the symbol VT again? Wax, yeah. Oh, VT, VT uh, wax. The, the that's the total. Is the VTWAX. Yeah. Vanguard Total yes, World. Yes, we're very right. from okay. Total World Stock Index. How, how much money are we talking about here? Well, we just started it, so we started with 5000 Okay. And she could put in six, I think, for each tax year. Um, okay. So, I mean, I, I see no reason to dev. I don't think you need any more mutual funds. Mm -mm, the VT Wax is one mutual fund. It holds about 9,000 securities globally. 
it's um the idea here is you own the globes of the, the world of stocks. The only thing that might help improve your long-term returns is to, to maybe put 10 or 20% of whatever you're putting into VT Wax and to put it into the small cap value index. Yeah, you could go to Vanguard and get, I, I don't know the ticker off the top of my head. Actually, uh, to promote another website, you go to paulmerriman.com, click on portfolios. I think he has the Vanguard ticker there for the small cap value. And you, Don's right. You could take the VT wax and then take 20% of the money, put it in the small cap value. That would give you a little more of a tilt to that type of stock, which you don't have much of in that global fund, but it's still the global fund at in your thirties. I think it's a very fine option. I really do. Okay. Uh, on top of that question is my 17-year-old. She started her Roth IRA, and we also have her in the, the BTWAX. And should I do the same thing for her, then, is look into a small-cap yeah. value index fund? Yeah. Oh, at her age, absolutely. But remember, this is so important for everyone to understand. A small-cap value mutual fund is going to be extremely volatile, which means big swings up which get your get your greed going and horrible declines which elicit a lot of fear bear those things yeah. in mind and remember that when you're young and your portfolio is declining in value that is a good thing you're buying more shares at a cheaper price by the way US small cap value just to get you salivating a little bit is up 32% so far this year Ed- you don't get that every year. In fact, I, as I just mentioned before the previous caller, sometimes you got to wait a long time to get that premium to pay off. It's paid off very handsomely over the last year. But I think that's a great fund for a 17-year-old. I think it's a great fund for a 33-year-old. I think it's, you know, for people sort of getting started, I think the VT Wax or VT, if you want to just go by the exchange-traded fund, are very fine options. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 855-935-8255. That is our telephone number. We do have lines open for you. A lot of time remaining. We'll answer almost any questions that have to do with money, but we get a lot of them about investing. And we want to help you invest, but we want to help you invest the way you should be investing, not necessarily the way you're used to investing. Call us now, 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. What a difference a week makes. Last week, what did we get, like three calls? Yeah, it was very quiet. It was so quiet. This but it was week, like the nicest day of the year in Seattle. Today, they it, are it claiming is, it's it going to be nice. True. It is nice. true. Yeah, Seattle it is, yeah. and weather. Uh, I, I was talking yeah. to somebody about that recently, and they said, yeah, we." oh, I think it was our CEO, and I, he wants to have something, some sort of an event in Seattle in the summer. I went, no, 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 no. You don't Not understand. Not unless it's outside you on a You don't understand. Seattle, or something. in Seattle, they have, yeah. they only have a year of two months. Their their year is literally That's two right. months. They got to pack it all they in. They live it yep. all in july and august and then they hibernate so okay but just to point it out we're still in may by the way and it was one of the nicest springs one of the driest springs on record here so dare i say it global warming there you go maybe eight five i thought you're gonna say 
Why? I thought you were going to say the sun won't come out in July or yeah, August. I thought exactly. we were revert right. to the mean. We're screwed, man. Okay. Feel better. Uh, 855-935-TALK. That is our telephone number here. And Ron, in, Ron? No. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ron is next. Yeah. I yep. thought I got out of order. No, I didn't. Well, Hi, Ron, Ron and Don. What's up, Ron? Uh, here's my situation. I have, uh, about $140,000 coming in for sale of, uh, some property. And, uh, I'd like to know, uh, how, hey, how to divide that up, uh, and, uh, what, uh, what I should, uh, put it into to keep it safe. That is so fascinating because, again, I, I revert back to a story I had this morning talking to two EMTs at the vaccination, and then they were asking me, what do people ask about when they call into the show? And I said, the number one, and Don will back this up, the number one reason people call is, I just came into this money, what do I do with it now? And here you are, Ron, calling us and saying, I just came into $140,000, what do I do? With it? The, the point I'm always going to say is, I don't know, because I don't know who you are, what you're Which trying to accomplish. Which means we have to work backward from that. Yeah, it really is complicated okay, because what's the purpose of the money? Okay. Yes, okay, retired, retired currently. And, okay. And I uh, don't have uh, any uh, need. Uh, I might go buy a car or something, but that's about it. All right, but when well, you... Well, that could take when, up the 140, depending on the car. Yeah, don't get one of those cars. Oh, okay. I you don't need that saw one the other day for three and a half, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, go buy a nice used car. Uh, yeah. But here's what you said early that 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 tends to tilt the equation dramatically. You said the word safe. Yeah, we need to define no safe. Anything. What is safe to you? Uh, that would be uh, that the government doesn't collapse. Okay. Uh, but does safe to you mean it doesn't fluctuate in value? That would work. Okay. That leads to real problems because absolutely safe investments, by their very nature, do not pay much, if anything. Now, there are tens of thousands of bald-faced liars in America who will tell you that you can have exactly what you want, and a totally safe investment, no risk of loss, and a high return. But I'm telling you, Ron... They're a bunch of liars. They also believe in Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy. Excuse and you me, can have excuse me, excuse me, children in the day. audience, possibly. Oh, pardon me. You can have chocolate cake every day, and you'll you'll live a very long and healthy life. You know, here's the reality: I, I, if you're really not going to spend the money, but you don't want any risk, I, I don't see any way around not putting it into a certificate of deposit or a savings account of some kind, because everything else is going to fluctuate. Even government bonds. I mean, I just looked at the intermediate term bond fund year to date's down 3.6%. So this is the trade off that you have to make. I think if you're retired and you're truly not going to spend the money and you want to leave it for others, then some of it should go into a globally diversified portfolio of stocks. But if you're going to say, nah, I don't want to ever see it go up or down by, or pardon me, you want to see it go up, but you're yeah, never going to see it go see down it go by up. 10 or 20, 10 or 20%. And we guarantee that it will sometime, you know, who knows when, maybe as soon as now. So, no, I, I don't think you're a good candidate for rushing out and, and putting it into a index mutual fund of stocks because that will have variations. It will go up and down, Don. 
Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. They, what If you want absolute safety, let me tell you exactly what you should do. If you want absolute safety, you don't need the money at any particular time, then I would build a ladder of certificates of deposit. I would, but I, you have to be disciplined. I would go out and find the highest returns on certificates of deposit for one, th- two, three, four, five years, and then always roll that maturing CD out to the next longest maturity. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. And for the first time today, you can get right in if you call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. No waiting around on pesky hold. You get right through to the front of the line, 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. You had some advice for uh, for Ron? Yeah, I just thinking about the Ron situation a little bit. You're you're absolutely right. If you want total safety and really no vo- no vol- fluctuation, volatility, whatever name you want to put on it, then I think a CD ladder is a great idea. You go to bankrate.com, find the best deals and get on with it. But for somebody like Ron because you could tell part of the money, he said something about separating it. He probably wants to leave somebody who's already retired. It's not money he's going to likely to spend. Here's another idea because sometimes you could do for a majority of it, maybe even a hundred thousand of it, do the CD ladder. That's fine. Then take the other forty and put it in the aforementioned VT Wax or VT, the, the exchange traded funds, and realize that's money you're never going to touch. You're leaving that for others, so it's going to go up and down. As you said, going to go up and down a lot. And it, you know, last spring was probably down twenty five percent, right? Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. And since then, it's probably made 70%. I mean, so, yeah, it's going to be all over the map, but that's money you leave to others and at least make something on it. You're a little better steward of the money. You know, and that's always the struggle. So, But you're right. If people can't take any volatility, they should not be in stocks, period. Period. But this is the big issue, though, Tom. It, it, and, it, and it really is the biggest problem we run into is the belief, and it is a pervasive belief, that somehow, just because you draw a breath on this planet, that you are entitled to income from your money without taking any risks with it. You know it's the truth. Well, I remember back in the 80s, I I used to make 13% on my money in my CD, and I was making a lot. I was. You were, and your mortgage was twelve point nine. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> so there was there's equivalent uh, interest rates there. Yeah, I think I think you're right. People have a general misconception that you can invest, just make money, and things will never go down, and everything will be okay. That's just never been the case. It's period. never been the case. It's just that yeah. we have, uh, as my mom used to call it many years oh, ago. Oh, my mom used to say it, yes. She, she called it. We have a convenient forgettery. <laughs> <laughs> we can use your mom because she's still alive. I don't want to yeah. pick on my mom because she's not yeah. here anymore. So. Well, it could have been my grandmother who said that. She's dead. But yeah. either way, it doesn't Convenient matter. Convenient forgettery. That's Convenient good. forgettery. You know, we conveniently forget things. And yeah. uh, we conveniently forgot that in the 70s and 80s, the price of everything was going through the roof by the minute sometimes. You go to a gas station and you see them flipping the little cards. Right, they, had a yeah. car, they had a guy who was a card flipper. Oh, hey, Okay, another penny. Yeah. Oh, two pennies. Um. Yeah. 
you can't. It's a trade off. Uh, you don't people get don't, something they don't want to. For, for yeah, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. 855 935 Talk is our phone number. Ben, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Ben. Hi, guys. Uh, What's up? I was just calling to see what you think the next step should be for my wife and I. We both have company sponsored 401ks that we participate in, and we're, we're essentially debt free. We, we just bought a new car, but. Uh, we still have wiggle room after that, um, and we own our home, and we have, like, a good value on that. So what's next, like a Roth or a, a regular IRA, or what should we do to try and bolster retirement? What's your household income, roughly, between the uh, two of you? 160000 You could both do a very nice Roth IRA. What? How you old came, are you? You luckily came in under That's the 35. number. Good job. Yeah. Thirty-five. I mean, you could both do a six thousand dollar Roth IRA. Now it's too late for twenty twenty, but you could do it for twenty twenty-one. There's twelve thousand of your money. If that's not enough, Don's got a fancy new car. He no kidding. They just got uh, that a would car. Be places. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. They got a car. I, I have good. a used Nissan Rogue. I don't. I don't think it's fancy <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I've decided to sell. My Honda Pilot, because I know my brother now pays twenty percent more for stuff. So I'm going to call him up and say, "Hey, it was five thousand, but now that is going to be a road trip for you too." <laughs> uh, so no, I think the Roth IRA would be the the way to go there, and then it, and then after that, then just do an after tax account, a, a joint or community property account, and buy again some low cost index mutual funds. Here's the thing: you might consider outside. I don't know what your four hundred one k looks like, but most four hundred one ks don't have very much small cap in them. They don't have very much value in them, so you could own those asset classes in the Roth or the after-tax account, giving your overall portfolio a bit more balance. I think that's a good idea, Tom. Boy, he's got great ideas, and he'll share his with you if you call him at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call now. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And we have a surprise listener this hour uh, listening to uh, listening to us, uh, Tom's family. For the, for the very first time. I don't think they actually history. knew I had a show. Yeah. They're actually listening. Did you want to, is there anything you'd like to say to your family? I would like to say I love my wife. Uh-huh. I'm very proud of that her. That wasn't what you said during the break. This afternoon. <laughs> close, that was not anything close. near what you said during <laughs> did, the break. I can't remember what I, what did I say? Something about, oh, now you listen. Something like that. For the like first that. time in 20 years. <laughs> no, that's great. If she's out working. I mean, we're both okay. working this afternoon. That's good. I'm, the only one's not work is my daughter, and I'll get to work on that when the show's done. Somebody's Find some working. windows or something. Where's she selling so. pizza today? You know, oh, I think it's Lakini Winery in Woodenville. So if they, I kept calling it Bikini Winery, if, and I got if, in trouble. If for there's that, somebody so. out driving around in Woodenville, they can get a piece of Pompeii. No, they can't. No. It's, it's a, a private, private event. Thing. Yeah, oh sorry. no, Pompeii Woodfight. Can she just hang out in the parking lot afterward? Roll the pizza people Roll for the pizza people. cheese piece. All right, I guess I'm not <laughs> getting my pizza. 855-935-TALK. I'm in Florida anyway, dude. I'm not going to get there. 855-935-8255. And Michael, you're next. Welcome to the show. 
Uh, yes, uh, I am. I listen to you guys all the time. I think you're fantastic. And uh, Thank you. my question is, I, uh, I'm a 56-year-old guy. I uh, work and I contribute uh, 15% to my 401k. And, uh, and I've recently opened up a mutual fund. And I'm contributing. Well, I, I opened it up for 5000 a couple months ago, contributing $500 a month. It's an after-tax fund. And uh, the ticker symbol is TRSGX. And I'm wondering. Wait, hold on. I got to write that down because I'm slow. TRSGX. TRSGX. Okay. Keep okay. going. That's correct. Yeah, and I'm just wondering uh, what you guys think about that particular fund. I heard you talking earlier and sound like uh, the guy that you talked to earlier, the three year old, 33 year old guy, just picked the perfect fund. I'm wondering how mine stacks up. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I just looked. Oh, well, now, now, <laughs> Sorry, now. I, <laughs> no, okay, it's, it's an actively managed mutual fund. It costs almost okay. eight-tenths of 1% a year to own. There's right. no reason to pay anybody that much. It The asset class it owns is kind of between. I mean, it doesn't, it's not really defined as to exactly how they're managed. That's another thing I hate about actively managed funds. You could own a style on Friday. They could wake up Monday and say, oh, I got a better style. No, I mean, I would not own that. And I, by the way, here's another idea. If, because it's after right. tax money, I would, I would, you already own this. If it has a gain in it, you're not going to want to run sell it. That, that may be a problem because you don't want to have a tax. You're talking about an ETF, aren't gain. you? Yeah. I'm talking about exchange traded fund. You could go on VT. For less than one seventh of that, con- I mean, by ten basis points or something. Well, I'm going to look I mean, it up in a minute. I'm just looking it's up. Cheap, soon. cheap, cheap. You own way more stocks. You are going to be globally diversified with one security. Oh, by the way, we should have mentioned what this security is. It's the T row price. Well, I knew when you gave yeah, the T, yeah. it had to be. Yeah, it's-, it's a T row price Spectrum Moderate Growth Allocation Fund. I mean, I've been around this thing for almost thirty years. I don't know what that means. The spectrum. You're not supposed to know what that means. I guess that's the v- point, right? VT costs eight. It co- <laughs> okay. Just let's yeah, put this okay, in perspective. So, yeah. The the funds you're in cost eight zero basis points, eighty yeah, right. one hundredths of a percent. This one, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index ETF, costs eight one hundredths of one percent, or one tenth of what you're paying. Yeah. Okay. And and there's and there's no reason to believe the T row price will operate it in a fashion that will make you make up that difference. Well, in reality, in fact, actually, it's quite the opposite. Actually, yeah. The Vanguard Total World Stock Index over the past ten years, owning almost half of the having like forty plus percent of the portfolio in international stocks, Which almost stunk. matched the T row price performance. The T row price fund did ten and a half percent. And the Vanguard fund did just under 10%. And you would have expected a much bigger difference. And what the, what that tells you is that you're dealing with a much less volatile portfolio when you're dealing with the, the total world stock index. Let me ask you one other question too, Michael. Are you married? Uh, about to be again. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Um, I mean, here's another thing to consider. Well, <laughs> he said again. We he say, added again in there. I, I didn't know. You could say good luck to the guys. Congratulations. Like, I always yeah, forget well, the Because the, the guys need more luck than the women do. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Why not, why not do a Roth IRA instead of just an after tax account if your income is not above 140000 I thought about that. 
and I didn't you do it. You think harder about because, that. Because here's the thing. The money that goes into the Roth will grow tax-free. The money that goes into the taxable after-tax account, if you will, will grow. But then when you sell a security to take the money out, you'll pay capital gains tax on it. There'll be things that happen inside that portfolio that probably will end up costing you as well from a tax point. Well, it'll have dividends. So if I could do the Roth. Yeah, if I could do the Roth, I would do the Roth. I'd put it all in the VT and get on with my life and get on with my new life. And I there's a say. fascinating difference that you really, I think you should appreciate. Diversification is, generally speaking, is good. It lowers the scary factor. It doesn't lower the overall risk, but it lowers the volatility and the perception of risk. The T. Rowe Price Portfolio has a substantial 600 stocks in it, which for an actively managed fund oh, actually, that's is relatively a, a large. Lot, yeah. But let's put things in perspective. There are 9,000 stocks in the Vanguard Total World Stock ETF. The spectrum is bigger in the VT. How do you like that? The VT spectrum. Yeah. yeah I, anyway. Again, uh, really yeah. obscure play on words that no one got. <laughs> no one. We're just talking about great puns here it recently. It was not so. good. No one got okay. that. Michael, is that helpful in any way? He didn't get it. Well, it is. We're talking about the VTWAX, and would that be... No, just go with straight VT. I just use the exchange-traded fund. If you're doing... Yeah, particularly if you're doing it not in a tax-sheltered account, because VT will not, will never distribute a capital gain to you, ever. That's one of the the joys of owning exchange-traded funds due to the, the way they're built. You don't pay that because it's the move the security. It, it's I don't want to get too deep into all this, but they make sense to own in an after tax account, if not just for that reason. But we gave you a bunch of other reasons: way more diversification, way lower cost. And do we have time to squeeze? In we one do, more call? we do. Valerie, okay. thank you thank for you, calling Michael. here at the end, and welcome to Talking Real Money. Great, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Like car talk for finances. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. Um, so I'm new to the concepts of managing personal finance. I've been on maternity leave since March. So essentially being a human mattress. So I've been binging. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can, wait, I, a ask, human I, mattress. I need wait to ask Tom now. a question. Can I say <laughs> congratulations to her? No, you okay. can't. Best wishes. Go ahead, Best, Valerie. See, I don't know the rules. Best, I know. Good okay. luck, right? It's our second. I don't know what we were thinking. We should have stopped with one. We were doing really well. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> if it's been, any consolation, Tom and I both did like four. So, you know, you're, yeah. you're, oh, God. it doesn't get any well, easier or yeah. better. I don't know. Go how ahead. What do you got? I really, I don't. I, yeah. we're, we this is we it. weren't we're, the one we're carrying done. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that too. I'm done on that level too. So, Um, But it's been great. I've been binging on your podcast. I love your approach. It's really empowering. And I'm reviewing our family's financial stuff. And so I have a very specific question. Um, We live in the Bay Area. And in 2019, we refinanced our mortgage for a lower rate, um, 2.5% for 15 years. And we pulled out $250,000 to use as a down payment for a new house. And our intention had and still is was to buy a new house in a different neighborhood and to rent out the house we're living in. But COVID and this totally insane housing market, which I've heard you guys do a few shows. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm going to have this break. We have to take on time, but I'm going to come right back to you right after the break for a really quick answer if we can do it really fast. Thanks, Valerie. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. 
your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. I managed to get us an extra 30 seconds, Valerie, the mattress. So let's go quickly to your question, and then we'll work backward. Yeah, so we have our 250000 down deposit. We're not going to be able to buy a house in the next year or so. And we have it in a high-interest savings but that's, it was originally 1.3, now it's 0.5%. And our interest yeah. that we're paying on the new mortgage is higher. So yeah. it feels like we're losing money on this money that's just sitting there. Um, and so where should we put it? If it should keep it there, if we should split it up? Like, uh, when, when do you think you're going to buy, really, truly, when do you think you're going to buy? I know you can't answer that absolutely. I know, but I, know. When- I mean, the dream would be within three to five years. Oh, oh, well, that's a whole new world. You've opened up a whole new world to me. Oh, um, yes. I, 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 not, not anything impressive, but I might go with the Vanguard short term, uh, corporate bond fund because what it should do is pay you just a smidge more and it gives you a smidge of risk. But over three years, I mean, over it, it the worst losses we've seen from that fund are like one or two percent. A VFSTX, a Vanguard short-term investment-grade bond fund, still yielding about two. So it gives you a little bit of money, as Don said. Not going to make you rich, but And Valerie, something. the second one is easier yeah. than the first. I wish you all the best. We're out of time. We're talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.